Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. And we just celebrated Cinco de Mayo. Now listen, that's just when the French were going to invade a town named Puebla in Mexico, and the Mexicans beat them to the chase and won. And in many ways, uh, that helped the rest of North America, United States included. But that's not what we're talking about. Cinco de Mayo, of course, is one of my favorite days because it's my birthday. So thank you all for the uh, warm wishes. I got so many birthday wishes, and I thank you all for all of the love on Instagram and the other um, social media platforms. And, you know, swinging it back over to the news, it's National Day of Prayer. The National Day of Prayer is one of those days that's been observed in recent history uh, by most presidents and political electeds, et cetera, et cetera, because prayer is an important part of life. And all too often, it gets pushed asunder. But today's National Day of Prayer was so important to President Joe Biden that rumor has it that he may have even forgotten to include God, at least the word God, in his actual speech. Now, that doesn't surprise me because he's Joe El Baboso Biden and Joe El Baboso Biden, well, that's who he is and we don't expect much from him. But one of the things that I think we can expect is from Joe El Baboso Biden's uh, crazy response to COVID, all of the crazy regulations and over-regulations and every time there's a breakthrough like if you're vaccinated you no longer have to wear a mask outside him saying well you know it's patriotic you see patriotic and this is part of the problem it's like hey you tell half of america all right good you get back to life back to normal and you tell the other half no 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 hold on to your masks matter of fact put on a second mask hey you know what put on a third mask because this is what they want this type of um I don't know if it's obedience or submissiveness or just constant uh, fear driven by their demagoguery. I'm not sure. But I can tell you, it's not good. And another thing that we can be guaranteed is that people are going to go to the black market to get things done. So when I hear that they say, oh, you know, you can go to the um, to the doctor and get your vaccine. And once you've been vaccinated, get a little vaccine card and then uh, everything's good to go. And people are thinking, well, I don't want to do that. I'm going to just wear my mask anyway. And they're going to say, oh, but I want to see your papers. Let me see your uh, vaccine card or your what they like to call in some places vaccine passport. Let me see all your stamps. So people are now going to the black market to get these vaccine cards. Forget the vaccine. They just saying, hey, I got the vaccine. They don't have anything. Now, listen, I may be in line for one of these. <laughs> Check this headline out. CNN Health. I know. Fake news. CNN. 
California bar owner is charged with multiple felonies for allegedly selling fake COVID-19 vaccine cards. Crazy, right? Not really. Saw this coming. I think all of us did. A bar owner who allegedly sold fake COVID-19 vaccine cards from his bar was charged with multiple felonies, including forgery and identity theft. The owner was arrested at his bar, the Old Corner Saloon in Clements, California. The State Department uh, ABC board, the Alcohol Beverage Control Board, said in a statement on Wednesday. ABC received a complaint that fake vaccine cards were being sold at the bar and opened an investigation in April. Uh, Undercover agents were able to buy the fake cards there on several occasions. It's not clear how many cards um, there were available. They do know how many they bought undercover. And they're not sure how many were uh, allegedly sold. In addition, investigators found items in the bar allegedly used to distribute the fake ID cards or the fake vaccine cards. The Alcohol Beverage Control Board said that agents also found an unregistered firearm dun, 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 with the bar owner during his arrest. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is about 35 miles from Sacramento. Now, the owner of the bar faces three felony charges, including carrying an unregistered firearm, forging government seals, and the identity theft of Pfizer, CVS, and the United States Center for Disease Control. This is according to the San Joaquin County District Attorney Office. So it begs the question, whenever you try to outlaw something too much, and we learned this with alcohol, right? They said, no, you can't go buy a beer anymore. You can't go buy a bottle of wine. Forget that bottle of whiskey. It's over, pal. It's illegal. There's no more liquor stores. And what happened? Al Capone and all his peeps, you know how they do. You know how the history goes. They went and they did the speakeasies. They did the all sorts of things. I mean, there was a massive black market for alcohol during prohibition that's one of the clear examples because it's one of the few things that we've legalized Uh, i think if there's legalization for marijuana across the board federally locally and all of that i think we may see some of that as well but uh, it's clear most people buying weed aren't buying it in in 7-eleven they're buying it illegally they're buying it on the black market this is how it is unless you're in one of these mega blue states where you go to a doctor who you tell them hey my eyelash itches okay here's a prescription for marijuana and that's the other side of the hustle. The left knows exactly what they're doing. And they do it. Now, I'm not saying that this guy is a leftist and that this is necessarily a product of leftist thinking. I think this is the product of when you have any type of prohibition and you're telling people, look, we've had pandemics many, many times. But now all of a sudden, we can't get past this one. Even though it's got a 99% survival rate, meaning less than 1% of the population is going to die from this. But all of a sudden, it's the worst thing ever. Even though it's less than 1%, we're showing every last person that died. We're counting that death count. I mean, you know how this goes. Obviously, there's more to it than they say. If it's not so lethal, then why all the scare tactics? Because they want control. They want this and they want that. They wanted to get that blue state bailout package. They wanted people to to be under their thumb, under their control. They want people to live in a state of fear. Because when you're afraid, it's easier for you to walk in as a hero. I just saved the day, folks. Joe El Baboso Biden here. I just saved your day, folks. Patriotic, uh, you know the thing. Come on. They push you to the black market, and that's the problem. Now, the English philosopher John Locke, he, um, you know, obviously a very, very brilliant man, had a really interesting um, quote on virtue. And it goes like this. Fortitude is the guard and support of the other virtues. 
Now, using fortitude, now this quote is obviously on fortitude, not on virtue, but it's on virtue altogether because you have to have the fortitude, the internal fortitude, the um, fortitude of virtue, if you will, to support other virtue. And in society, this is what's crumbling. People don't want to be virtuous. People don't want to have the fortitude to do what's right. Doing what's wrong has always been easy. That's why the Democrats are so attractive to so many people. This is where we need to improve. This is what we need to do better. Or am I wrong? I don't know. You let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a while because I took a little bit of time off for my birthday. So um, let me know what's on your mind. At Rich Valdez on Twitter. At Rich Valdez on Facebook. At Rich Valdez on Instagram. And of course, Parlor. Parlor was down for a little bit, but it's back up and running. So definitely get at me on Parlor at Rich Valdez. Check out the website, richvaldez.com. Again, we're coming to a few cities near you this summer. So... Um, Keep an eye out for that. If you want to get involved in that, let me know. Uh, use the contact us or contact Rich feature on richvaldez.com. That's Valdez with an S. I'd love to facilitate that and arrange that. I'm looking forward to meeting with so many of the good people out there. And uh, when we come back, we're going to jump into some of the other headlines of today, plus a couple of the reviews that uh, have come in on the Apple podcast platform. And I, I love reading those, uh, good or bad. I just love to share them with you. So keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. What's up, America? Welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And again, I want to thank you guys for subscribing to This Is America with Rich Valdez and for listening as you do loyally every week, uh, three times a week. We do three episodes that are three segments long. We try to hit three different topics and give you a little taste of what's going on. Obviously, I could talk about this stuff for days. So could you because there's so much to talk about. So I try to pick a few things either that not everybody's talking about or that are really important that I think we need to talk about. And uh, I, I appreciate it when you guys give me the feedback because right now I'm looking at our ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. We have a 5.0 out of five star rating. So thank you for that. Uh, it's a real honor and a blessing. You know, if you're not participating and leaving a review and, you know, tagging me in a, in a comment, even if I don't get back to you, I, I oftentimes do see them even if it's the next day. Uh, we're not having a conversation, right? It's a one-way street where I'm talking into a microphone. So I want to have a conversation with all of America. We've got listeners all over the place. And uh, I just, I'm going to read you some of the reviews that are just coming in, brand new ones that are in from uh, JJM1021. It's refreshing to hear a fellow Latino not thinking how they think we should all think. Well, thank you, JJM1021. I, I agree with that. Uh, then we've got Doug, AJ99. Like all the talking points, very funny when he calls AOC all out crazy. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And then we've got Vieja Cosi, C-O-C-I. Uh, I definitely relate to everything he says. You go, Rich Valdez with an S. Vieja Covu. All right. Well, thank you, Vieja. I appreciate you. And, of course, now we've got the last one here. I love this podcast. Updated information and facts. Richie V is on the rise. That's nice. I, I don't really like reading all these nice things about me. Uh, <laughs> I Contrary to popular belief, it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable, but uh, I do like hearing about the show. 
and uh, and keep it coming you know things that you think we could approve upon if you want other topics show topics a lot of you have written in using that uh, feature and uh, we're taking some of that stuff into consideration and we're going to keep uh, bringing in more topics and more things to talk about but I do want to thank you and uh, if we can meet on the tour we'd love that and you can check out realtalktour.com realtalktour.com it's an honor for me to join Angela Stanton King and so many other influencers that are uh, having these difficult conversations about race and conservative in America overall, uh, because to me, those are the things we need to talk about. And sadly, the Democrats are launching race as one of their top weapons to try and just segment people. That's their whole divide and conquer strategy. It always has been and likely it always will be. But the Washington Times has a story here that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs a new election law restricting mail-in balloting. Good for him. It should always have been restricted. The whole premise of voting was to be done in person by secret ballot. And I think everybody knows that. And if you don't know that, then shame on you for not having looked into this because that is the purpose. Now, all of, all of this new rhetoric about, oh, we're char- the, the new Jim Crow and all of that stuff, I think everybody knows that that's bogus. Everybody. Anyway, uh, another story I want to talk about, and we'll get back to that one potentially if there's enough time, Uh, but this one I think is interesting, Nancy Pelosi, right? So Nancy Pelosi is refusing to denounce her father's complicity in racism. This is by Kerry Murkami. Speaker Pelosi refuses to denounce her late father, Baltimore Mayor Thomas D'Alessandro Jr. for supporting the election of Confederate monuments Excuse me, the erection of, <laughs> I sound like Chuck Schumer, uh, the erection, the erect, the insurrection, erection. Uh, take two, here we go. <laughs> Mayor Thomas D'Alessandro Jr. for supporting the erection of Confederate monuments in the city and perpetuating systemic racism by not stopping discriminatory practices, including refusing rental housing to black people in white neighborhoods. Mrs. Pelosi, who's made confronting the country's past racism and combating systemic racism, a cornerstone of House Democrats' agenda, refused repeated requests this week to address her father's legacy. Meanwhile, Democrats were pushing for policies where white people need to own up to their ancestors' complicity in racism. How ironic! And Nancy won't do it, including paying reparations to black Americans. It's hypocritical. She asked that of other people, said uh, Congressman Mike Gonzalez, excuse me, different Mike Gonzalez, a senior fellow at the Conservative Heritage Foundation. Although I have some admiration that she chose not to throw her father under the bus, he says, it seems like they're more in the interest of being woke. Well, I disagree, and I say, you know what, she's one of those that says, you know, do as I say, not as I do. D'Alessandro, her dad, who served as Baltimore's mayor from 1947 to 1959, was in charge of the city that was rife with uh, segregated housing and schools. He occupied the mayor's office when the Supreme Court issued Brown versus the Board of Education. The court ruled it unconstitutional that the idea of separate but equal facilities would allow segregated schools. And Baltimore quickly moved to desegregate their schools. And Mrs. Pelosi, good old Speaker Pelosi, who I like to call Nancy Labruja Pelosi, she's pointed to it as a source of pride. In her commencement address to the University of Baltimore School of Law back in 2013, uh, good old Nancy Labruja Pelosi recalled watching her dad be interviewed on television the day of the decision. He said, this is the law of the land and it will be enforced and honored in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Pelosi recalled, 
And she was really, uh, she felt this was really important because it was such a landmark decision and it meant so much to Baltimore, quote, unquote. So, I mean, those are the words from her mouth. But yet, every other last aspect of his complicity, and again, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to play the game the left plays. Like, yo, did you know Thomas Jefferson was a slave? Come on, man, stop. Come on, man. That's uh, Joe Biden's line. But really, half the people, if not more, were were racists and slave owners back in that era. Now, it's known that, you know, obviously there were people that dissented. There was abolitionists that were present at the signing of the, of the um, or I should say at the Constitutional Convention. But this doesn't change the fact that it was commonplace all over the world to be racist, to be a slave owner. So I think the fact that here we are 150 years later and in way better shape is something that we shouldn't necessarily find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Poo poo. Of course, the other side will say, well, no, no, no. Well, it's nothing to celebrate. You got a lot of work to do. I might even agree with that. I think there's always work to be done. But to not appreciate and celebrate success along the way is a mistake. It's a mistake for the progress of the people that have been victors and not victims. It's insulting to them. It's insulting to their legacy. It's insulting to uh, Black Wall Street. It's insulting to the elevation of black banks and, and so much of what happened when African Americans were allowed to leave slavery and be free. This is my point. The fact that nobody's viewed as three-fifths of a person now, nor then, but again, I understood the math. And I understood they wanted to get it in there to have some representation. But still, people point to that as like, no, that's it, America's racist, and it, it always was, always will be. These, these broad stroke analogies and, and loaded statements, to me, really have no place in serious discourse. They have place in, amongst maybe a few people smoking some weed, watching YouTube, and they're like, yeah, 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 if you want to do that. But outside of that, nobody that's serious, that's actually read a few books, that's studied this stuff, is going to sit there and take you seriously if you're going to try to perpetuate this story that because the police started out as a block of people to make sure that we captured runaway slaves in an era like today where we no longer have runaway slaves and that we still have police, that somehow the police are in and of themselves inherently racist. It's a racist institution. Screw you. You're really barking up the wrong tree. I hear a noise at night. I'm calling the cops. If you take away my cops, I'm going to lick shots. What do you prefer? It's better you call in the experts, right? Right? Follow the science. Follow the science. That's what you always hear. Anyway, we're going to talk about a couple of more things. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened with my birthday. Um, if you want to hear about that, I don't know if you do, but I did, uh, did a little bit. Of, I don't want to call it bar hopping. I went to a restaurant and then to a, uh, another restaurant. <laughs> so I went restaurant hopping and uh, ended up with a big Mexican sombrero on. You could see that at uh, 
Instagram.com slash Rich Valdez with an S if you want to take a look at those pictures. And my daughters, they got me a, I'm on the keto diet, and they got me a keto cake for my birthday. And that's how we kicked the day off with the keto cake and my two princesses. So I had a great time with that, but I don't want to bore you with all of that stuff. We're going to get to that and a little bit more about what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Well, I'm going to talk about that a little bit as well. So keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And again, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. So yeah, Cinco de Mayo is my birthday. Today's the National Day of Prayer. Yesterday was Cinco de Mayo. I don't like to use today and yesterday because I don't know when you're listening to this, uh, but we are recording it on Thursday the 6th. We record new episodes every Tuesday, every Thursday. And used to be Saturdays, then it was Sundays, then it was Saturday again. It's back to Sunday, uh, the weekend edition of This Is America, uh, so that you guys can always have the most up-to-date analysis and news commentary. So I went to one of my favorite restaurants, Waterside restaurant, Edgewater, New Jersey. Beautiful view of the Hudson River and New York City in the background. And I was there with some friends. It was really, really good. Then, of course, the day kicked off with my uh, teenage daughters that bought me this keto cake, keto-friendly cake. So it had no wheat in it. Had no. Uh, it was really a, a delicious cake, despite um, not being made with flour or sugar or anything like that. And you really, really wouldn't have known. I got a picture of that on Instagram as well. But ended up afterwards... Uh, at a margarita place and if they knew it was your birthday they would come with this big like police siren that went like Beep! it was very alarming and this alarm sound would go off and then they'd come in and be like happy birthday happy birthday hey! it was really cool like almost like mariachi if you will and then they would put this big mexican sombrero on you and I, I skipped. I asked them. I was like, do I have to get the alarm if it's my birthday? I really just want to wear the hat and take a picture. And they laughed. And they said, okay, you could do it. So I, I put the hat on. I took a picture of my buddy. And it was, it was a really good time. And it got me thinking about how um, important it is to have restaurants open. Right? If restaurants aren't open, we can't go and celebrate our birthdays, our children's birthdays, our family's birthdays, our friends' birthdays. And again, I know I'm preaching to the choir Everybody here has wanted to have one of these, or at least most of you have wanted to have these celebrations. Some of you have gotten into that whole idea that, you know what, stay home, save a life. All right, whatever. Uh, I disagree. I think you stay home, you're, you're, really, you're really throwing away your life. You're not living your own potential. You're not living your own best life. But you have to think of the bigger, right? The bigger picture, the greater good, if you will. And the greater good here is that people work in restaurants, and with the extended unemployment, and even uh, outside of extended unemployment in states like New York, there's, if you can't get unemployment, let's say you're a freelancer, like I am. I'm a freelance broadcaster in New York City on New York radio when they need me, uh, national radio when they need me, and do my podcast religiously all the time for you guys. But let's just say that I were not to be doing that work. There's a program now where I could say I'm not doing that and they'll give me money. Even though it, I wouldn't qualify for unemployment, I would qualify for Cuomo's free money giveaway. And I think that's, I think it's just another way to earn a vote. I really do. And this is why so many people are staying home rather than doing their work. People are saying, you know what, I'm going to stay home. I can get employment, unemployment, I can get this and I can get that. But what that does is it hurts the small business owner. It puts the small business owner in a position where they, they, the regular market rate isn't enough. It's not sufficient for the uh, 
for the employee who was once saying, I need a living wage, a living wage. Now they're making more money being on unemployment. And that's a real problem in a few areas, namely New York City. So as restaurants begin to open and New Jersey's on the cusp of opening 100%, New York is still teetering and tottering where they, they may open. But who's going to staff these places? And is it on purpose? Are we paying the people that used to work in food service to kind of get out of that so that maybe there's space so that we can create a crisis? Because the left is great at creating crises, right? To say, oh, in New York, we're having a massive problem finding people to work in bars. Maybe we should have some of the migrants in the migrant facility in Brownsville, Texas, send them over to New York so they can start working in the kitchens and doing that. And maybe it's all a ploy to integrate them into the states where they want this. I don't know. I'm not trying to be conspiratorial. I'm just trying to think logically and move pieces around. This is the problem when we don't get involved and we go, I'm not into politics. Oh, I don't talk about politics or religion. It's kind of like saying you can take the world and send it to hell if you want because I'm not going to get involved. I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about religion. If you, if you won't talk about religion, again, and I understand, it's easier, it's more comfortable for people to say, oh yeah, it's very personal for me. You know, or I'm a one of these, but I'm not practicing. I don't know. It's like saying, it's like, I'm a car, but I got no wheels. It, it doesn't make sense. It's oxymoronic. We've got to figure out who we are and we've got to act as such. If we're a secular humanist that were raised by Catholics or Jews or anybody else, we got to tell people, look, I come from a lineage of, of, of practicing Catholics or practicing Jews, but I'm not one. I'm a secular humanist. I don't believe in anything. Whatever it is, we have to be honest. And I think we have to realize that our comfort zone is what really needs to get ruffled here. We have to get out of our comfort zone. We have to be willing to sacrifice. It's that sacrifice that is going to help us win back the culture that we're losing. The fact that 75%, this is from two years ago, right? That study that came out, a poll that said 75% of Americans, I think between 18 and 34, said socialism wasn't so bad. They They were okay with that. Yet the people that I've personally met that lived in Venezuela, that have lived in um, Cuba, these people will immediately tell you what it's like and say, I never recommended that. Matter of fact, I'd sh- I would swim through shark infested water just to risk my life to, to, at a shot at making it to America alive. It was worth dying for getting away from socialism. And of course, then you've got the Bernie Sanders types, right? That come in, healthcare is a right. And of course, good old Bernie, he wants to tell you, well, not, not all socialism is Cuba. Not all, uh, as, as Levin says, right? It's a Brooklyn thing. And um, like Bernie, it, not all socialism is Venezuela, but it is. Because if there's really no free market, what have you got? So I think we got to stop playing the semantics and we have to realize like... and. Like I've said before, this is a story I've shared with you. We have to, as a pastor once told me on a Sunday, and me by meaning me, he was standing next to me as he said it, but it wasn't to me, it was to the whole congregation. He said, we got to stop coming to church just to sit in the pews. And I thought to myself, knee-jerk, gut reaction, that's exactly why I come here. I come here to sit in the pews so you could tell me things, teach me things about my faith. And his point in the sermon was, no. It's not just for you to learn, but it's for you to learn and impart, to learn and teach others, to learn and do, to learn and to live it, to live it out, to live your faith through your life, through your actions. And this, what we're doing right now, 
trying to take back America. It's like we're, we're in a time of war, like a cold war. We don't need guns, but we need people that are going to attract and win over the hearts and minds of so many others so that we can hold on to the America we have, maintain it, and bring it into the next generation. We can't do that if we think that it's the Republicans' job to fight the Democrats. And it's our congressmen's job to represent us in Washington. Those guys are like the soldiers on the front line and they're taking fire. They're taking heavy fire. We've got to lay off of them. I'm not saying to give them a pass. I'm saying write them off. You're useless. You're a rhino. Screw you. I'm going to do your work. And that's what we need to do. And whether it's jumping on a radio, jumping on a podcast, making a video, uh, grabbing three neighbors and starting a neighborhood program, whatever. Start somewhere. Start a PAC. Start a 501c4 organization. Do what you got to do to combat the left. I've oftentimes talked about this book. It's called The Blueprint. It talks about the four horsemen. These four guys that set out with a 10-year plan to turn Colorado blue. And at the time they did it, Colorado was a very gun-toting red state. Today, look at it now. The guy in question, Jared Polis, he not only was an activist that was very involved in the uh, LGBT activism that they did by assembly district, one district at a time, but he also went on to be elected to Congress, to be elected governor, and I believe he's now currently serving as their U.S. senator. So who's winning? He is. Has he outsmarted us? Absolutely. They raised money all over the United States on one issue, the LGBT issue. It worked like a charm. It brought in the money from every corner of this nation into one single assembly district and then into one single congressional district and they expanded and they knew which district they wanted to pick off one by one, the easiest, the most, the most purple, the ones that, you know, they could win. Beto O'Rourke is doing the same thing in Texas. You know why? Because they're willing to get up and move themselves and their children or just move themselves and make a family, make a life and have children in a red state, which they hate. And they're willing to do that to turn that state blue. Yet I find so many of my friends, my colleagues telling me, oh, you know, listen, if you're coming from a blue state, just leave your blue state values. Don't vote blue, please. That's they're precisely coming to a red state so they can vote blue. That's the whole point. That's why they're moving there. We, we, I think in all of our infinite wisdom, we think, oh, well, because, you know, who wouldn't want to live in a state where you can carry a gun on your hip and have the freedom and liberty to do what you want to do and pay less taxes than you would elsewhere? Of course they want to come here, but that's not why they're coming. They're coming precisely to take those rights and freedoms away. That's why Florida is becoming the most inhabited state in America. People are going there more than anywhere. At least that's what I read last week. And New York is bleeding people. They're hemorrhaging uh, residents. And again, a lot of them are leaving because they don't like the restrictive government. But there's also a degree uh, or an amount of them that are leaving because they want to take over other red places. And they know if you spread the cancer around enough, the cancer will spread and it will destroy everything it touches. So keep that in mind when people think, hey, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? I talk about this as often as I can because I think it's so important. There's a lot that we can do. We just have to start thinking differently. You know, back in 2006 or whatever it was, Charlie Kirk started this organization, Turning Point. Look at it today. Who's put together, you know, the um, massive grassroots campus activism network that Turning Point is. Regional events, amazing content. 
developing thought leaders, young conservative thought leaders like Candace Owens, who's now, I don't know, I, I want to call her the Oprah of conservative media, right? She's got her own show. She's doing an amazing job. That's what I'm talking about. It, it, you don't have to be Candace and you don't have to be Charlie. Everybody has their own role in this whether it's on a mic or off a mic, whether it's on screen or off screen, whether it's the candidate or the team behind the candidate, whether it's the person that starts the organization or one of the people that helps to make it continue to run. But everybody's got a role and everybody's got to step together, uh, stick together and step up so that we can do what needs to be done. The last thing we can do is do nothing, right? And that's like the quote I always say um, from Hamilton. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And Lord Acton and Sir Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So don't sit there. Don't do nothing. Do something. I implore you. I urge you. And I thank you. Uh, make sure you check us out at richvaldez.com. We have new content on there all the time. Plus, we have some merch coming in soon. So keep an eye on that. And if you have specific inquiries about that, just tag me or use that uh, contact us and we could send you some links. But uh, we should have that link uh, set up on the page richvaldez.com so that you can buy the liberty loving latino hat or the t-shirt and we have some this is america gear coming out so lots of stuff out there that you guys have asked for and uh, we're finally delivering so it's an honor again to join you hasta la proxima until the next time america i am rich valdez and this is america this is america Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.